What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Championship Leadership Podcast. Uh, excited for our guest today, Aaron Golub, out of Massachusetts. And uh, I just appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much, Aaron. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to this. Yeah, absolutely. So um, why don't you real quick, just before we get into the meat of the podcast, is just let the listeners and the people watching know a little bit more about you and uh, you know, kind of your story, your path that uh, has taken you to where you are today in life. Absolutely. So for those of you that don't know me, I'm actually legally blind. I played football at Tulane University where I became the first legally blind Division I athlete to ever play in a game. Went on to become a team captain and then an NFL free agent. Uh, talked to a few teams, and now I'm a motivational speaker, a keynote speaker. Work to share my message and help to impact and inspire as many people as possible. That's awesome. I love it, and um, I can't wait to get more into that story and and the path that you've been on. Um, before we get into this, though, before we get too much more into that, I always love asking this question of our guests: Championship leadership is the name of the podcast. What what comes to mind for you when you hear championship leadership? Someone who leads by example, someone who, you know, doesn't just say they're going to do something, but does it and helps to lead their team based on what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what, uh, what are some of the experiences that you've seen of, of people that have shown up that way? Um, you know, whether that was maybe at Tulane or any other part of your life um, as championship leaders. Yeah. I mean, there, there's many different types of leaders in the world and there's some leaders who have that raw, raw mentality and who are loud in the locker room or loud in life. And sometimes that's what's needed, you know, as long as those guys or people also lead by example. Um, now, I think that we had a lot of individuals at Tulane that were, you know, we had a really close knit group of guys and we were fortunate enough to when I was one of the younger guys on the team, I was able to watch some of our older guys really lead by example and help us to turn around the program that we were at. And then through that, I was able to learn from them and build myself up from their examples to when my senior year came around and I was named one of our captains during the season that I could really lead by example. And I could really show others how to create success and how to 
create a championship mindset because I had learned throughout my four years there by watching others. Yeah. What, um, well, talk to us a little bit more. Like, how was that process of going to Tulane, getting into Tulane, being the first uh, legally blind player to to play? Was it in Division One? You said. Yeah, D D One FBS school. Yeah. So, like, just talk about that process. I'm sure there had to be some challenges there. Was it difficult to get to the school? Was it what was the process there? Like, were, were they recruiting you? Was it something? You know, I just I'm interested in that story. So maybe you could fill us in a little bit more on that. Yeah, so a little background. So I started playing football in grade, and I was an offensive defensive lineman. And, you know, in addition to being legally blind, and for those of you that, you know, are listening and don't exactly know what that means, for me, I have no vision in my right eye and very limited in my left. So, you know, think of yourself in closing your right eye and then in your left, take your thumb and your pointer finger and make a circle and then make that circle probably about half the size of the dime. That's a hole that I can see through. And then through that hole, most people have 20-20 vision. In that hole, my vision is about 2,200. So what you would see at about 200 feet away, I would see it about 20 feet away. And so not only did I have that to deal with, but I was a very undersized kid. And so I was never really playing a ton the first few years I started playing football as an offensive defensive lineman because I simply wasn't big enough. And I really had to, during my sophomore year of high school, decide what do I want to do? Do I really want to be a varsity player? Do I really want to play in college? How can I adapt? So I found long snapping. I said, if I get good enough at this, then maybe I'll have an opportunity. And I just started outworking everyone else around me, everyone else that I could think of. I, I realized quickly that I had to work 10 times as hard to be just as good and 100 times as hard to be better than everyone else. And so that's what I did. I would wake up every day at 5 a.m. and go to school and practice long snapping. I would lift weights every single day after school because I knew what I had to do to achieve the goals that I wanted. And when it finally got to the point that I was really – becoming one of the top long snappers in the nation. I was contacting pretty much every school in the country. And, you know, Tulane was fortunate enough to respond and be really interested in me. Uh, went down for a visit and they ended up giving me an offer to come on the team. And it was you know, a great opportunity. I'm so thankful that they gave me that shot because they believed in me. Yeah, that's awesome. What's uh, was it? Did you play right away as a long snapper or what was the process there for you? Obviously you became a captain your senior year. So so I didn't really play my, season, my freshman year. I played for the first time during my sophomore season. Uh, and that's really when I became the first legally blind student athlete playing a game. But yeah. two months later, my coaching staff got fired. We had gone three and nine my first two years there. Okay. And it was, it was a shock because I didn't know if the new staff was going to be willing to work with me. They were going to be willing to you know, have me still play or what was going to happen. And you yeah. know, fortunately, you know, Coach Fritz came in. We had a great conversation. He was definitely concerned at first, but willing to work with me. And we just said, let's do spring ball. Let's see what happens. And if we have to have this discussion again, we will. Never heard from him about that at all ever again. And then two years later, was named one of our team captains. And I'm so fortunate that he you know, accepted the situation and worked with me because he's been a huge mentor in my life and really helped a lot. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, who are some of the other championship leaders that you uh, that have impacted you in your life and and really more uh, more so like, you know, not just who they are, but what, what is it about them that uh, really stands out to you? Maybe some characteristics of these these, these championship leaders that, that have impacted your life and how, how maybe that's helped them mold who you are as a leader. Yeah, I think the biggest characteristics are the mindset and the work ethic and then also consistency that 
the leaders and the people with these championship mindsets have. You know, it's not about doing one task one day and accomplishing your goal, but it's about doing that small task every single day for a long period of time, not seeing any results, and then having it eventually click. I mean, you think in high school I wanted to wake up at 5 a.m. every day and practice long snapping when I was terrible at it? No, not at all. But I knew that that's what it took because after doing that for a year or two years, I would start to become a really good long snapper. I couldn't just do that for one week and say, okay, I'm great. I can go play in college. And I think learning that from everyone around me is what's developed the mindset that I have and the ability to overcome obstacles and, and, and really conquer any challenge in front of me is what I've been able to develop. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's great. So, so you're telling me you weren't always great at long snapping. It actually came through hard work. And discipline and dedication. <laughs> no, I was terrible when I started. I yeah. um, worked for a while, went to my first long snapping camp where I would, you know, learn, get nationally ranked, try and get exposure. And I remember, you know, on video, I still have it somewhere that I have a snap that I look and it just flies right over the punter's head. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. And that's really when I think that instant that I said, okay, I'm working really hard, but I need to work 10 times as hard as everyone else just to be as good. I need to work a hundred times as hard to be better than everyone else at the camp. And that's really when I said, I need to push myself to the next limit to push myself further than I thought I could. And, you know, really that consistency and that mindset set in. And I said, let's continue this in the next summer. I went back to those camps and I was you know, one of the top snappers there and I was ranked very highly in the nation after that because that hard work paid off over that course of the year. If I had said, okay, you know, I can improve and just went and snapped twice a week for the next year, I wouldn't have improved the way I did. Yeah, and, and for anyone listening or watching that really maybe doesn't even know what a long snapper is or, or uh, what, it, what it entails, I played college football as well and like it, it is absolutely a skill and uh, not, not definitely not everyone can do it or I'm sure that they could if they really dedicated the time like you did, Aaron. But but it's just like, yeah, it's it's not easy. And that's for, for everyone else that that has great eyesight and uh, and to let alone just those challenges, the way you had to adapt. I, I imagine that there's just so many lessons that you've learned through that experience um, that continue to carry on for you today right yeah no absolutely i think the biggest thing is just pushing yourself and learning that you know things in life are hard but they happen for a reason and yeah. you can accomplish anything you want if you really set your mind to it and you really push past the amount that other people are pushing and yeah. i think that's one of the biggest issues with people people fail and they give up when i fail and trust me i fail all the time i get the word no all the time more than most people that's yeah. not because I'm doing anything different. The only thing different that I'm doing to most people is I'm trying more or I'm asking more. And because I'm doing that, I'm failing more. I'm getting the word no more. But yeah. I learn from every experience. And I love failure. I welcome failure. The only time I think failure is bad is when you don't learn from it. If you've learned from your failure and then never make that same mistake again and you make a different mistake because you learned from the first time, then that's not failure. That's winning right. because you're one step closer to yeah, 100%. Absolutely. So would you, uh, I assume you long snapped when uh, on the punting unit as well, right? Yeah, so I, I was a long snapper. I, I actually only did field goals and extra points in game, but I did punts in practice because we ran a pro style where the okay. long snapper in college had to run downfield and make a tackle. So I did yeah. punts in high school, but not in college. Okay, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, how? what was that process if you did punt? Uh, 
yeah, to have to go down and cover. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I did them in practice and it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, my coaches would tell me not to run down just to block. I yeah. oftentimes would be 50 yards down the field because I wanted to try and <laughs> get an action. Um, but they wouldn't let me do it in the game because they yeah. knew that would happen and someone would hit me on the side I couldn't see. And, yeah. you know, that's why I did field goals because I could snap and block and protect. Yep. Right. Yeah. Got it. Um, so yeah, what, tell us, give us a little bit of an idea of the transition. So out of playing, you know, I, I remember when I was done playing, there was a bit of a void there for me and trying to figure out what, what was the next thing. And I decided to actually join the military to <laughs> as that next challenge for me. But, but for you, I know, obviously, like we've talked about motivational speaking, keynote speaker, things like that. What, um, what's that transition been like for you um, moving from being an elite athlete to uh, to now uh, the path of kind of starting over, right? And, and you got to get those reps in, you got to do the work, you got to make a name for yourself, get your message out there. I mean, everything that's included in, in doing what you're doing. Um, how's that transition going? How did, how did you, that decision be, uh, yeah. become? So I, I've worked in business for the past, like a little over two years since I graduated from college and I've enjoyed my time, but I think I came to a, a point where I said, you know, I miss the adrenaline that I got playing football. Mm -hmm. And I think I found that being on stage and speaking in front of a large crowd of people, you get the same adrenaline, you get the same, yeah. you know, feeling that you have on the field. And so it caused me to say, I can really do this, not only to impact and inspire a lot of people, but I can turn this into a career. And so, I, you know, it's a hard thing to do. It's hard to say, you know, one day I have this idea and the next day I want to be a speaker. Fortunately right. for me, I've done a lot of practice. I've had a lot of interviews over the days. I've had, you know, a great story that's allowed me to be successful in this field. But, you know, it's hard trying to reach out and get on as many podcasts as possible, get in front of as many people as possible for speeches, because, you know, it's not a short-term goal for me. It's a long-term right. goal. You know, I want to be in 10 years from now, you know, my name, one of the top speakers in the country, top speakers in the world. But that doesn't happen overnight. It's the same thing with football. I didn't become a Division One athlete by saying yeah. I'm going to be a D1 athlete. I came that, but came to be a D1 athlete by putting in the small work every single day for years. And it's the same thing with speaking. I'm not a top speaker in the country right now, but right. I can tell you this much that I'm on my way to be a top speaker in the country. And I'll look back in five or ten years from now and say that hard work paid off. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's that is one of the questions I, lo I love to ask is the vision, the impact that you want to make. I think championship leaders absolutely they have they have an incredible vision and the courage to take action on it. So, maybe talk just a little bit more about where you want to be five to ten years from now and the impact you want to make. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think my biggest thing is I want to be traveling the world, speaking in front of as many people as possible. You know, I want my name to be synonymous with a Tony Robbins, Eric Thomas, Ed Milet, someone like that, because I think that I can share my story and impact a lot of people. Like I said, that doesn't happen overnight. And those are huge and ambitious goals that I have ahead of me. But you know what? I didn't get to where I am today by thinking small. I got to where I am today by thinking big. And seeing those people and believing then five, 10 years, I can have my name synonymous with them or speaking on a stage with them or, or, or collaborating with them on an event. I truly believe it's possible, so it will happen. You, know, you have to believe in yourself and you have to understand that if you want to achieve something, aim high because you don't want to have regret when you're 80 years old, 90 years old. And so I shoot for the stars because even if I achieve 75% of my goals, I've achieved a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
what's a difficult moment that you've had a turning point critical moment kind of that fork in the road type moment where you got to either go right or left and um had you chose differently uh you you'd be in a very different place in life i, I think it's powerful to hear those stories from from, from the guests that we have come on and hear that how they did choose and how they uh, came came out of that experience yeah. uh, to be where they are today. Is there a moment or two that pops up uh, for you? Yeah, I think one big one is we, we slightly touched on it earlier, but when the coaching staff left the Tulane, I think yeah. that I, you know, there was a time period where I thought, oh, maybe I should quit playing football or, oh, maybe I should transfer schools and already assumed before I even talked to the coaches that it's not going to work out. And yeah. I think that that could have really hurt me. And I'm so thankful that A, I didn't quit and B, I didn't transfer. And, you know, although Coach Fritz might have been hesitant in the first couple minutes of our meeting, I turned his, his vision around and he ended up saying, you know, let's do this. And he ended up loving me as a player because of that. And, you know, I think if I really hadn't gone into it thinking I wanted to stay, if I, if I really had focused on quitting or on transferring, my life would be completely different today. And I'm so thankful that I didn't do that because you never know where you would have ended up. And I, I believe that I'm the person I am today because of the re- relationships I made at Tulane, because of the people I surrounded myself with, and because of the actions and the risks that I took. Yeah, absolutely. Was this something that you were born with as far as uh, being legally blind or what was the process? Yeah, so I was born, I was born legally blind and, and dealt with it my whole life. It was something that growing up, I was never the most athletic kid, probably not the most confident kid. And I really had to develop that and realize that once I found football, I think I found work ethic and found the confidence that I was looking for. Because I think I would have, you know, that's another point, honestly, choosing to play football. Because if I didn't choose to play football, I wouldn't be where I am today. The game of football shaped so many things in my life, allowed me to meet so many people developed such a good work ethic that I just wouldn't have had without it. And that's why I think team sports are so important because it teaches you so many things, so many important lessons that you really can't get anywhere else. Yeah. What, what, what was that like? How were your parents supportive throughout that whole thing? I, I have to imagine there were some hard conversations there. And, and <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, I think, you know, at first my parents were definitely concerned, you know, football is a very violent and physical sport and yeah. they were definitely unsure being legally blind how could I actually play the sport? But they knew and they understood that it was something that I needed and something that could really help me in the long run. And because of that, you know, they, they were willing to support me and they were willing to allow me to do what I thought was best for myself. And and that's really a great lesson for others. You know, don't limit your kids. Don't limit anyone, especially someone with a disability. You know, they, they always had the mindset when I was a child that it's better to challenge me and let me figure out things on my own than to do it for me. You know, mm-hmm. if, if I had a task that I struggled with when I was a little kid, they, you know, they could have just done it for me and had it done in two minutes. They would have rather seen me struggle for the first hour and learn from it and challenge me because that's what I think instilled the work ethic in me when you really look back. Because if they had just done things for me, then, you know, I, I wouldn't ever have had any ambition to succeed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that too. I appreciate that. What's, um, you know, as we start to wrap up here, what, what would be like, if there were one or two things that uh, you could give the listeners, yeah. if they were to implement today, it would help move their life forward today. What would those be? I think that there's two main things. And the first one is understanding that things in life happen for you and not to you. And so I'm a strong believer 
that being legally blind happened for me, not to me. I mm. think of it as a blessing. I'm so thankful that I was born legally blind because yeah. it allowed me to impact and help so many other people. You know, I could have easily sat there and said, oh, I can't drive. This is terrible. No. Instead, I said, this is awesome. I can help so many other people impact so many other lives. This happened for me. And I wouldn't be the person I am today if I wasn't legally blind. And I think that's a very important thing to think. No matter what your challenge is, realize this things happen for you. Yeah. The other thing is, is the understanding that you shouldn't listen to other people's opinions. And I think this is especially important for you know, kids in high school or college. You know, you're afraid to push yourself. You're afraid to go out of your comfort zone because you're worrying about the opinions of other people. You know, in high school, no one thought I could actually play Division One football. No one did. I yeah. knew I would, and I said I would. I was really confident about it. I love it. And because of that, I think other people said, oh, you're not going to. It's never going to happen, whatever. But I learned to tune it out, and I learned to not care because the only person's opinion that you truly need to value is your own. You need to understand that it doesn't matter what other people think of you. The only thing that matters is what you think of yourself. And as soon as you can understand that and create that relationship with opinions, then you're already on the right path to success because you won't care what other people think. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Those are uh, two great things to take away from uh, our conversation here today. What are, what are a few ways that the listeners can find out more about you, follow you and what you're up to? Yeah. Definitely. So my website is uh, AaronGold.com and my Instagram is at Aaron J. Gold. Feel free to follow me. You know, you can book me to speak there. Shoot me a DM. I respond to all my DMs and everything. So connect would love to chat and get to know new people. It's, it's, it's my favorite part of what I do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can attest to that. I, I, we, we connected same way through messenger on, uh, on Instagram. So uh, appreciate you being here. I really do. It's been awesome to have you and, and to hear about your story and what you're up to and the difference that you're making. So thank you so much, Aaron, for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm gonna lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, baby. 